0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Okay, according to Minog there are 45 kinnis that are said on Tishabav. B'Av. So every year we like to say 45 is the gematria of Adam, man, to indicate that not only is the Beis HaMikdash destroyed, but we who are supposed to house the Shechina, we who are supposed to be the resting place of the Shechina, we ourselves are in a state of churban, As we read this morning, Mikafregel regel Ain roish ein boim boi the Torah writes in Simon Tov Kufnon tests, the whole congregation needs to understand the Kinnos, men, women, and children. Therefore, for the sake of greater understanding, we're going to be selecting particular Kinnos to focus on, emphasizing some of the key phrases and the historical background. We should point out, though, that even if we don't understand the full meaning of the Kinnos, the words themselves carry tremendous kedusha. The most well-known of all the Paitanim, Rebbe Lezer HaKalir, who is universally accepted as the father of the Paitanim, he wrote the first 15 kinos that we recite today. Says the Shibali HaLeket, that how did Rebbe Lezer HaKalir compose the kinnus? When he composed the kino about the heavenly angels, a fire came down from Shemayim and encircled him. In fact, Mahari Hertz writes, that Rebbe Lezer HaKalir wanted to compose the kinos. He uttered the ineffable name of God. His soul ascended to the heavens. He had a court, an audience with the Malachi HaShores, and they taught him to compose the Tfilois by the order of the Alephes. Who was Rabbi Lezer HaKalir? There's a great degree of uncertainty regarding his identity. Toysus in Chagiga identifies him as Rabbi Lezer B'Reb Shemin. Says the Rajbah in the Tshuva Taf Samachtes, Rebbe Lezer HaKalir was Rebbe Lezer Ben-Arach. Let's begin with the first Kino that we say on Tishavav. Kina Vav. Kina Vav is entitled Shavas, which means that everything came to a standstill. Suddenly, everything stopped, unexpectedly. Sometimes people realize intuitively a disaster will occur. You know, in the Holocaust they say that people hiding out in barns, so there was always a watchdog and they would, they would watch the dog. And if the dog would make some kind of howling noise, they knew in an hour danger was coming. Sometimes even animals have a premonition, certainly human beings. They have a feeling disaster is coming and that psychologically helps a person deal and cope with the situation. However, the Chorben was not so. Shavas, everything came to a standstill. Suddenly, unexpectedly. We didn't have the... Preparation to emotionally assimilate what was happening. One day, all the avodah was being performed. They were bringing all the Karbanos. The smoke was rising up to the Shemayim. The next morning, they woke up in the morning, and lo and behold, the Beis Hamikdash was no longer. The word Shavas comes from the Pasuk in Eicha, Parakeh Pasuk Tezvav, Shavas M'soysli Beinu. The joy of our heart has ceased. When the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, the Jew could no longer find joy in his life. The Beis HaMikdash was the source of all joy. Yes, we continued to do business, merchants continued to sell, we went about our regular life, but the joy in our life had ceased. There was no more joy left in life. Let's take a look on the eighth line in the Kinnah. The Mekoynein says, Eini chiksa ben berechia. My eye still longs for the vision of Zechariah the son of Varechia. What does this refer to? The prophecy of Zechariah o'id yeshvu zakenim o'zakenois b'rachovus yushalayim. Zechariah predicts old men, old women will sit in the streets of Jerusalem. Ve'ish Each man with a staff in his hand due to old age. So we say, Eini chiksa lechazoin ben berechia. Our eye yearns for the vision of berechia. If you take a look at the 13th line, second line from the bottom. Alpenei paras nuftsu At the Euphrates River, her pious ones were mutilated. This of course refers to when Nebuchadnezzar exiled the well-known singers, the Leviim. Who used to sing in the Beis Hamikdash? They would sing, Shirulanu <laughs> Mishir But a friend of mine pointed out, you know, we, uh, we've been saying in past years that the niggun that we sing on Simchas <laughs> is really the niggun of Eicha with a little bit of a twist instead of going, we say, that's Echa. So somebody pointed out that the nigun that we sing on Shal in it's the same exact nigan the same again. So really, every shal, one of the Shosh HaGolim were mourning the fact that we don't have the Beis HaMikdash and we can't be Oily Regal. And the Levim remembered how they used to sing in the Beis HaMikdash and buchanetzar said, serenade us as we gloat over our victory. Whereupon the Levim hung their instruments on the willow branches and they proceeded to bite off their thumbs and they said, Eich Nashir ashir Hashem Al Admas Nechar. But amazing thing the Gemara tells us and Daf The Gemara says that in the times of the second base HaMikdash Ezra said Ubne Levi lo I did not find any Leviim who returned to rebuild the second base HaMikdash. And because of that Ezra gave a knaf to the Levium. He penalized the Leviim that from now on meiser is no longer given to Leviim meiser will now only be given to the Kohanim. And Toysus asks, What do you mean, there are no Levim who came back in times of the second Mesa Mikdash? And Toysus says, No. None of the young Levim wanted to come. And all the older Levim who came had mutilated fingers and they couldn't do the Avodah. So therefore, Ezra could not find anyone to sing Shira. And he took away the Maiser from the Levim and he gave it to the Kohanim." <laughs> Asul <laughs> Chaim Zaychik. So the Levi'im who were Meisar Nefesh, to bite off their thumbs, not to play for Nebuchadnezzar, were punished that they were, the Meisar was taken away from them. Why were they punished? They displayed such as Nefesh. Says so, of Chaim Zaychik, because despite the fact that they didn't want to play music for Nebuchadnezzar, but nevertheless, they should have had emuna that one day Hashem would redeem them, one day Hashem would bring them back. One day they would have the opportunity to sing in the base of again. And despite the unlikelihood of that possibility, it happened. The Ibanshim did bring them back, and because of their lack of amuna, they were punished. That Miser was taken away from the Levium. Because a Jew never loses hope. al <laughs> min Pause the recording. The most important Kinnah that we recite today is Kinnah yudalef. Because the recitation of this Kinnah was ordained by the Navi Yirmiyah himself. When Yoshio was killed, the pasuk says in Devei Hayomim, Vayikoynein Yirmiyahu al-Yoshiyahu. Vayoyimru Hashorim al-Yoshio ad all the male and female singers mention Yirmiyay in their laments until today, Vayitneim lechoik al Yisrael, that whenever Jews lament, we always mention the death of Yeshua HaMelech. Why was this so tragic? Because the greatness of Yeshua HaMelech was unparalleled. The Navi tells us, Never was there a king who turned to God with all his heart and all of his soul, in accordance with the entire Torah, it says a pasuk in Melachim, "V'chamayu lohayam Melech lefanav Asharsha vel'Hashem v'cholavavoi v'cholnafshoi v'cholma'odoi kechol Torah as Moshe v'acharav loykom kamayhu." As we say on the sixth line in the Kinnah, "Gam v'chol Malchei Yisrael Ashar kamul legdar." Among all the kings of the Jewish people that have arose. To make offense, loikam kamayu mimoys Vigdar. It just hit me now, you know, we, we gave many shiurim on the subject of Malchus Bez David, And did Moshe Rabbeinu have the status of a melech? And how could he be a king if he didn't come from Beis David? And we quote the Archaim HaKadosh, that Moshe encompassed all of Klai Israel. So even though he was a Levi, he was considered from Malchus Beis David as well. But the kina implies that Moshe was a melech. Because we say Gam Yisrael, like Kam Avigdar, never was there a king like Yoshio since the time of Moshe. Clearly indicating Moshe Rabbeinu had the status of a Melech. Moshe Rabbeinu, the Gemara Megillah says, has ten names. One of them was Avigdar Avigadar. He was the father of all who placed fences around the Torah. Yeshiyahu. His wicked grandfather, Manasseh, committed the early reign, his early reign to remove every vestige of observance from among Kalal Yisrael. He planted idols in every corner of the kingdom, even in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Later on in life, Menasheh did tshuva, but it was too late. He had so thoroughly eradicated Judaism from Kalal Yisrael that it was very hard to uproot. Menasheh's son, Amon, was also an idolater. And he also continued in the ways of his father, Manasha. He was then assassinated by the palace guards. How old was Yoshio when he began his reign? He was only eight years old when he became the Melech. The Pasuk says, Ben Shmoina Shana Yoshio B'Malchai. Now, if you look on the third line of the Kinnah, we say, Ben Shmoina Shana lidroish that he was eight years old when he began seeking out Hashem, which is not in fact true because he was sixteen, it was the eighth year of his reign. But Khazal tells us that Amelech is considered Kikaton Shenoilad. So allegorically, in his eighth year he began to search out, out Hashem. It says Apostakindrayom Uvishmaina Shonim Lamalkoy, Fuhaidenunar, lidroish David Avi. In the 18th year of the reign of Yahshua, something happened that would change the course of Jewish history forever. The Gadol of the time. Who is the Gadol, Chilkiyahu. Who is Chilkiyahu? The father of the Navi, Yirmiya. He began to make long overdue repairs on the Beis HaMikdash. And in the course of his refurbishing of the Mikdash, he discovered a Torah scroll. This Torah scroll had been hidden from the time's of Achaz, the father of Chizkiyahu. The father of Chizkiyahu. The grandfather of Manasseh. Think how many generations this is. Yeshua, whose father was Amon. His father was Manasseh, His father was Chizkiyahu. His father was Achaz. And there is a, a historical inaccuracy which is kept up by most of the English kinnos, namely that Menasha had so thoroughly eradicated Sefer Torah among Klai Yisrael, that there was no Sefer Torah throughout the length and breadth of the Jewish people. And this is certainly the opinion of Christian Biblical critics, because they want to attempt to say that there was a gap in the tradition of Klai Yisrael, and therefore Menashe was able to destroy all the Sefer Torah. This is a historical inaccuracy, and this is what Christianity believes. But we do not accept this. As Rev. Miller writes in Awake My Glory, that Chas Rosham, it's basically apicarsos to accept this notion that Menasha had eradicated all the Sefer Torah in Klal Yisrael, but instead what was significant was not that a Sefer Torah was found, but which Sefer Torah was found. Namely, this was the Sefer Torah of none other than Moshe Rabbeinu, written in Moshe Rabbeinu's Handwriting. Imagine if in an auction today, in the uh, Ginozim auction, they had an item, Moshra Benu's Sefer Torah. That would go for big bucks. It would probably be, you know, at least ranked fourth or third among the, you know, some of the items over there. And what was significant, significant was where it was open to. It was open to the Pasuk and the Toichacha. Yoilech Hashem Oischa Malkacha. And Yeshua reads this. And he sees that the Teichacha says God will carry away the king. And the pasuk also said in that column, as, divrei cursed is he who does not uphold the Torah, where the Yushalmi tells us. Yoshio cried out, "Alai Alinu, It is upon me to uphold the Torah." And he convened a massive assembly, and they made a covenant to keep the Torah, Bechol of Bechol Nefesh. Now here is a very important, uh, another historical inaccuracy. Because later on in the reign of Yosho HaMelech, many think that Paro Nechoi sent word to Yosho that he wants safe passageway to travel through the land of Israel to wage war with Assyria in the northeast of Israel. And Yehoshua refused on the grounds that Hashem promises that when we do the will of Hashem, so no nation will pass through Eretz Yisrael even for the sake of peace. And therefore he adamantly refused. And he was told, you're making a big mistake. You're being naive. You think that Eklah Yisrael eradicated Avodah Zarah. They have it behind. They have this double door system where they put the Avodah Zarah behind the door. So when the detectives came in... Now imagine today if Rabbanim sent detectives to people's homes to check out Vos Titzach in the Chadri Chadarim of people's homes. How would people take to that? But, that's what Yirmiyahu uh, did. That's what Chizkiyahu uh, did. And they had this system. They had a system that behind the double doors, they would open the doors and the Avodah was hidden in the back. And... As the pasuk says, Paranachai wanted to go El Melech Ashur. So it is conveniently accepted that he wanted to go to attack Assyria. Also, that is a nice fairy tale and has no bearing on what actually occurred. Paranachai was not going to attack Assyria. Here's what was happening: the king of uh, the region was Babylon. Babylon ruled the region. Babylon was the new empire in town. Assyria was the old guard. Empire Nechai greatly preferred a weak Assyria in the Middle East than the new powerful Babylonian empire, which which was primed to go then and attack Egypt and conquer Egypt. So, Paranachai was not going to attack Assyria. Paranachai was going to defend Assyria and bolster Assyria from the invading Babylonian army. And uh, Chisko Amach did not let Paranachai in. And because of that, Yahshua met his early death. The Gemara Mesech Tatinus relates, and as recorded in this Kinnah, Yirmiya sent a message to Yoshiohu that you're making a mistake, you have to allow, Paranachai through. So Yeshiyahu's so mistake was instead of accepting the advice of the Gadol Dar he decided to ask the opinion of another local Orthodox rabbi, which is a mistake that repeats itself in our times as well. Okay, the G'doylem said, they're a and I have my rabbi who I could conveniently get the P'sak that I am looking for. So who did, did Chizkiah go to? He went to Chulda Hanaviyah, who he felt would have a more compassionate view, and Yoshiohu did not allow Paranachoy to travel through Eretz Yisrael. And as reported by this Kinnah, Paranachoy came in with his armies, and the archers of Paranachoy shot 300 arrows and pierced the holy body of Yoshio HaMelech, like we say in Echa Perak Daled Echa Yuam Zahav, Tishta Pechna, Hakezev Hatoiv. Tishta Pechna Avne Koydesh, Beroish, Kolchutsois. Chazal tell us that they pierced uh, Yoshiahu's body 300 times, and the blood was flowing from him, and Yirmiah would cover every revius of Dam. There's even a question Yirmiah Anovi was a kohen. How could he be metame himself to the blood of? Chizkiyahu, of Yoshiyahu. And the answer is, because it was only a revius at a time, so it was not metame. Yirmiah went to hear what would be the dying words of Yoshio HaMelech. Would he be questioning the ways of Hashem? And the final words of Yoshio HaMelech were, Tzadik Hu Hashem Ki Piu Marisi. Yoshio HaMelech accepted the Din Men hashamayim. And the untimely death of Yoshua HaMelech set into motion the events that would ultimately bring about Chor by a sweet shine. Kinno Yudalef, by a coining your meaho al one of the most dramatic highlights of Tishavaf service, Kina Chaf Aleph Arze El depicting the murder of the ten Tanoim, the Asara Haruge Malchus, who were murdered by the Romans. This is not meant as a precise historical account, as they were not all killed at the same time. In fact, Roshim Gamliel and Rishmi Gadol did not even live at the time of the other eight. But the purpose of this Kina is to evoke. The feelings of loss and mourning. On Yom Kippur, we read another piyot about the astoria haruge malchus, Ela Ezkara, and that is appropriate for Yom Kippur, as the Gemara teaches us in Maid Katan, daf chav ches, misas sadikim Mechaperas, Lamanis lamanismicha misas miriam lapar Ma pora mechaperes af misas tzadikim mechaperes. But the question is, why do we read about the murder of these tzadikim on Tishah They were not murdered at the time of the Churban Beis The answer is, says Gemara Rosh Hashanah Yeruchem at she'shkulas misas tzadikim kisrefas Beis Alekino. The death of the righteous is the equivalency of the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. And therefore on this day, when we mourn the destruction of the Temple, we mourn the death of the righteous, whose Misa is, there, is the equivalent of Chorben Beis HaMikdash. And therefore for us in our time as well, this past year, Klal Yisrael lost, to Doyle Yisrael, in the pandemic, of David Feinstein, of the Navamitzka Rebbe, Zechariah and other Gedolei Men Rabanim. and to Klal Yisrael, each Godal and each Rav brings a different flavor and a different tam of the Torah that can never be duplicated and can never be replicated. And each one, in themselves, is considered a Churban Bei The Kino begins: Arze Halavanoy Adirei HaTorah, Cedars of Lebanon, Giants of Torah. Bale Trason, shield bearers. Shield bearers. Why are Tamil e Chachamim called shield bearers? Why aren't they called sword bearers? Interestingly, Ksam Saifa writes <coughs> that a Tamil Chacham should not have a need to impose their viewpoint on anybody else. However, upon being attacked and challenged, they should always be ready to defend their own personal opinion. Rav cook writes, this is the reason why Tamei Chacham are called Bale Tracen, shield bearers. He doesn't quote the Chasam Seifer, but it's the same principle. The Tamei Chacham has to be able to defend their opinion without the need to impose their view on others. Balei Tracen a Gemara. Gibayre Kayach, powerful warriors, amaleha bitahara, who toil in purity. Torah is different than all other disciplines. All other disciplines are contingent upon intellectual acumen. Torah is different. Torah is a supernatural discipline. It requires amelos, it requires toil, and it has to be bitahara, it has to be impurity. The Kina goes on to depict how they brought in Rab Shimon ben Gamliel and Rabbi Shmuel Ka'ingada. And they each begged the executioner, please murder me first so I don't have to beard to see the death of my friend. And the executioner was so overwhelmed that he decided to cast lots and on the 10th line, Yadu Mirisha in LaChera berura. They cast lots to determine who should be put to the sword first. Kinifol Goiro la shimon. Pashat savorah yubocha kenigzorok zera. When the lot fell out out on Rab Shimon, he stretched out his neck and he cried when the decree was issued. Rav Shimon Gamliel was the nasi, the great-grandson of Hillel, and a scion of the Davidic dynasty. Says the Mishnah Brura and Semenun Gimel, Sifkaton Lamed He. He writes in the name of the Sefer Hasidim. When Rav Shimon Gamliel was taken out to be killed, he asked Rav Shimon, Why am I taking out to be killed? Like a criminal... I am not a sinner. And Rabbi Shemal responded, "Maybe, my entire brother, maybe one time when you were doyresh barabim, you felt a personal hana and a, a, a personal honor, and you benefited improperly from the Torah." And Rabbi Shimon replied, "Ochi nicham my brother, you consoled me, you comforted me." Look on the bottom line, Mizera Aroin. From the seed of Aroin, Sha'al Bivakasha Livkois ben hagvira. He requested permission to cry over the son of royalty. He wanted to cry over Reb a descendant of David. Natal Roisha ivenasna yal arkubaisav. He took the severed head of Reb and he placed it on his lap. Minoira Hatohoira, pure Minoira. Sameov Valenov, Upiv Alpiv biava Gamurah, he put his eyes on his eyes and his mouth on his mouth in full love. Onoviamar he cried out and he said, Pehamizgaber batoira, pisaim niknasal of miso mishuna. The mouth that strengthened itself in Toira suddenly is being inflicted with a cruel death. The Mekainen then related that they ordered to turn to Rabbi Shemal and to strip the skin off his head with a sharp razor. And he made no noise. He was still, he did not react, he did not cry out. But says the Mekainen, Rasha hapoishet When this wicked man stretched out his razor is he vem tfilin mitzvah bara when he reached the place of tfilin the purest of mitzvahs zok zok robishmal cried out Vinizdazo ilam ilon the eretz the world shook the earth crumbled by the way the ramami pano writes that robishmal kain gadol was the yesoid of Remember, Rav Hena the Bracha pointed out from this line of the Kina that Rishma Koin God was able to bear his own personal agony and pain, but the tsar of never again being able to fulfill the mitzvah of tefillin was so unbearable that that was something he could not contain. The Mekonin then laments the torturous murder of Rabbi Akiva. The Gemara and brachos on Samachal from Beis tells us Rabbi Akiva was imprisoned and sentenced to death for teaching Torah Barabbim. And they took Rabbi Akiva out to be killed. Who knows what day of the year it was? Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. And it was Kriya Shema Shel Arvis. It was the nighttime Shema. And that's one of the reasons we start Yom Kippur. Oh, here's a ru'alatzadikul Yisraelev Simcha. Rabbi Akiva. It's a hidden Hespid for Rabbi Akiva. Look at the ninth line on page two fifty. May view us Rabbi Akiva. After they brought out Rabbi Akiva, this took place sixty years after the Chorbin. Rabbi Akiva was how old? One hundred twenty years old. Rebbe Rabbi Kiva's penetrating analysis could uproot mountains and grind them together. Bisarku es shall hishtabra. they combed his flesh with an iron comb to break him. This Tamidim asked him, Rabbi, are you able to say Shema even at a time like this? Rabbi Akiva responded, My whole life I've been waiting for this moment. The Torah says, I was waiting for this moment. And the Gemara and Bracha says, The Baskal cried out, Ashrecha Rabbi Akiva sha'ata Mazuman l'cha'i ho'elam Abba. Kinach Ha'af Aleph Arzei H'levanoin Adirei Atayorah. Many English kinas say the first Kinnah that mourns a tragedy other than the Chorben Beis HaMikdash is Kinna Chaf He Rav Soloveitchik argues that in fact it is Kina Chaf Beis, which is the first that mourns a tragedy other than the Chorben Beis HaMikdash and uh, he supports this with the ninth line of Kina Khafbez. Me on page two fifty-eight. Miafli nazirois um miyarh Mi'yasadeid miyisadeid ma'amakayek the chatu Miafli nazirois umiyarich nedarem. Who will interpret the intricacies of Mesahda Nazir? And who will arrange the complex laws of oaths and annulment? Why would the kinos mention the laws of Nedarim and Naziros? What do they have to do with tragedy and Khurban Ves HaMekdash? It so, says, so basically the intent of this kinnah is to allude to two Mesechdois that Klal Yisrael find to be extremely difficult. And that is Mesechdo Nazir, Mesechdo Nedarim. On these two masahtas, we do not have the authentic commentary of Rashi. If you look in the printed Gemaras, they have a parish that purports to be Rashi, but they are not Rashi. We do not have Rashi, a Masahta Nadaram and a Masahta In fact, Masachth Nidaram Nazirus proved to be very difficult mashthas, specifically because we don't have Rashi on these Masahthas. If the massacres spire in Spire and Mainz had not taken place, you know how many Bali Toistos lived in Germany at the time? Who could have wrote a Perush on Adara Menaziros? Toistos in the Yuma was written by Marame Rottenberg. Likely there would have arisen a Rishain in the model of Rashi, who would have been able to explain these Masechtois. But the Germans killed the majority of the Balei HaToyzvis. There were hundreds of Balei Hatois in Germany, and they were all killed by the Crusaders. And therefore, until this day, we are not able to fully understand Masechto Nedarim and Masechto Nazir because of the First Crusade. The Python, on the bottom of page 254... Top of page 256 dec- describes further the saga of how many Yidin took their own lives to, to avoid being forcibly converted. Also indicating we are talking about the tragedies of the First Crusade, the Gezeras Tatnu that occurred in the year 1096. Kinachaf Bez. Ha'charishu mimenu